So the title for the message today is, If You Really Knew, and we're going through Romans, um, Romans, and we're starting Romans 5 today. So if you, haven't been, if you haven't been listening to the Wednesday services, go back and listen to it. Are you guys ready? Yeah. All right, perfect. Therefore, since we've been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him, we have also obtained access by faith into the grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but we rejoice in our suffering, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has poured, has poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. For, we, for while we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. For, for, for one who scarcely died for the righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare even to die, but God showed us his love for us that in that world we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since therefore we have now been justified by the blood, much more shall we be saved from, by him from the wrath of God. For if... While we were enemies, we are reconciled to God by the death of his son. Much more now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by, by his life. More than that, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through, through whom we may now receive reconciliation. So I love everything about uh, Romans 1 to 11. And honestly, as I was going through Romans 11, there is so much that we can talk. We can literally talk about it for a month. Because we can talk about, like the first verses, we can talk about grace, right? Then what grace that comes, the grace that we get from the Lord. We can talk about suffering. And I know 2020 and 2021 has already showed us what that looked like. We can talk about that. We can also talk about how we are weak and Jesus died on the cross for us. And then at the end, we can talk about the joy of going through all these things. And so... When, uh, when, I got this, this, uh, when I got the verses that I was preaching, I kept asking, Lord, God, what do you want me to talk about today? And God said, I want you to talk about my love. Because love, the love of God is what brings all these things together. You cannot, if you look at his grace, it's love. If you look at suffering and being grateful about that, it's love. If you look about the hope that we have, that's still love, right? So what is Paul talking about? So Paul is educating the Christian Jews and, uh, that they have been justified by the blood of Jesus, which means that they have been made right to God. They have peace with God through Jesus Christ. That if it wasn't for Jesus Christ, if it wasn't for his love, then, Paul, then we wouldn't be justified. That our sins that, was, that have separated us from Jesus, they are forgiven and not remembered anymore. And I know like most of us Christians, myself included, it's so easy because we've read the Bible and we've probably heard it from Sunday school, if you're going to Sunday school, that your sins have been forgiven and forgotten and you never have to think about them anymore. And it just becomes like a bumper sticker, something that we just listen. But think about it. Take a moment and go back to your life. See where God got you from. See the things that you used to do. See his forgiveness. See his love. See what that looks like. And then at that moment, you will kind of understand the love of God. But the love of God is so big that even at that moment, you still don't understand it because if it was for me and somebody did the things that I did, well, I had given them life and I've done everything, it would be so hard for me to forgive. And even if I went ahead and I forgive them, it would still be very hard for me to forget what they have done. Amen. For he forgives us, remember them no more, unlike our human forgiveness. The blood of Jesus has given us access to the Father. Think about that. 
Before you couldn't come before God. You had to go through rituals. You had to go through elaborate rituals. But now, the moment that the Holy Spirit nudges your heart, you can go direct to the Father and say, Lord, I am sorry. And then you're justified and you're back to where we are. You think about when the curtain was cut. That was the moment there when Jesus died. God said, I know that I love you so much. I love you so, so much that I don't want somebody to come in between you because by the time the priest was given the message here and he had to go all the way behind the curtain, I'm sure the message was not the same thing that it was in the beginning. You guys have played telephone, right? Think about it. That maybe you, 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 the emotions, when I'm saying, hey, can you go tell God that I've, my heart is breaking because of the thing I did? Can you go speak to God and tell him that I'm not going to do that thing? Can you go tell him that I've been trying to get over this thing that's holding me and I'm struggling and I can't help? And the priest goes and says, hey, he just says that he's really feeling bad. Those are two different things. Right? And the response, well, God hears, but if it was a human response, it would be different because he just said, that man feels really bad versus there is not a heart condition. But the curtain was cut so God can see our heart condition. Like when we go before God and when we cry to him, he sees our heart and he sees what that looks like. You know, if I was reading something this morning and say that the curtain was cut from up to down. It wasn't the earthquake that cut it. It was God who tore it because he really wanted that relationship. So you can't even argue a coincidence about that. It was God who said, I love you so much that I want to see your emotions. I know what you're going through. I want to hear you. This, Paul continues to say, this is such a great thing that we need to rejoice and exhort. Feel, so when you think about rejoicing, it's a feel or show triumph, elation, or jubilation in our hope of experience and enjoy the glory of God. It says that we who are Christian, we who have been redeemed, that we should have so much joy that it's infectious everywhere we go. You know, I was thinking about uh, the Seahawks, and I know you guys love Seahawks, right? Sometimes. Um, <laughs> and I remember, I don't know what year, but that one year where it was so, so people were just celebrating so much that it felt like there was an earthquake. Do you guys remember that? Yeah, right? <laughs> so think about that. That is a football game that's over. That the victory was gone. That the Seahawks are Seahawks now. Right? But you're saying that you are saved. You've been loved by God so much to a point where you're supposed to celebrate and be like that. Yet we come before God and our celebration is, I know you got me, God. It's all good. Life goes on. I can't wait for this service to be done. He continues to say, Not only that, but let us rejoice and exhort the same way when we face trouble, rejoice in our suffering. So he's not only saying that be grateful and be happy that you are saved and and you've been redeemed and you've been moved from death to life. He's saying that even when you go through suffering, that you should still have the same, same joy. When you're going through 2020 with COVID, when you're going through 2021 with all the things and the restriction and the crazy government, who I say that, and the things that are going on, <laughs> when you're going through all those things, that you shouldn't be grumbling, but you should be actually be rejoicing as much as you rejoice when you are saved. Why? Because suffering produces endurance. And endurance is an unpleasant and difficult process situation without giving away your feelings. It's like you know who you belong to. You know who loves you. 
You know the end of the story, so no matter what they are doing, you already know that we win. So then why are we grumbling about this and forgetting to praise God and thank Him for what He's done? It says, endurance produces character, and character is who you become. And what does the Bible say? We should become more like Christ. Christ suffered. He showed us how it's done, right? And then it says, um, uh, character produces hope. And hope is a feeling, expectation, a desire for certain things to happen. And the hope is that you have that joy that continues to bubble in your heart, that continues to give you an expectation of being with Christ and doing things of Christ. Such hope never disappoints. Think about that. Jesus has already, God through Jesus has already demonstrated that he does not disappoint. And when he's telling you that this hope does not disappoint, he's saying, you've already seen my CV, you've already seen my resume, you've already seen what I can do, you've already seen my promises, that no matter what happened, you've seen the children of Israel, over and over and over, they disobeyed God, but God kept his promise. So he's saying that no matter what happened, these things I'm telling you, the way I'm telling you to live your life, the love that I've declared for you, it doesn't change at all because that's who I am. And that's why he's saying you should celebrate no matter what you're going. Romans 5, 6, it says, Where we were still weak, helpless, at the appointed time, Christ died for us. Think about that. He didn't wait until you are strong. He didn't wait until you had it together. He didn't wait until I, I, I was good. It's when I was weak. Weak meaning we are in sin. We are dragged in the mud. We are all these bad things were happening. He remembered us. Paul goes on to say that it may that it may be that no one can give his life uh, for a noble somebody can give his life for a noble or generous or a lovable person. But Romans 5 says, says God shows and clearly proves His own love for us by the fact that while we were still sinners, Christ the Messiah, the Anointed One, died for us. And you've heard that verse over and over and over, right? But eternalize it, eternalize it. Think about it. That when we were still sinners, that Christ did, God did not say, you know what, I already created these human beings, I can make a better generation. I've already created, well, these people are good, but I've already created you. And you know what, I'm just going to kill you and I'm going to somebody else. He said, I'm going to send my own son. How else can he describe to us that he loves us? Are you guys with me? No. That he has already saved us while we are still sinners. He will certainly save us from God's condemnation by the blood of Jesus. That's the assurance that we have. Because while we were still sinners, God died. And God sent his son to die for us. Paul concludes on verse 11 saying that this should be a great celebration. Because of what we know that we have been set free from. And this is a guarantee that those sins will never be remembered anymore. Okay, two people. Listen, <clears throat> let me repeat that. I know I was drinking my water. Let's go back. Okay, listen, Paul is saying, maybe I need to yell. Paul is saying that because of this, we've been set free and it's a guarantee. Amen. You robbed, you killed, you did bad things and you went before the judge and judge said, it's already been paid and it's already done. And there can never be double jeopardy. That's God who loves us. See, we have to get to this point in our life, and, and really, even for myself, I, I really have to, because 
the Bible says that really his thinking is higher than our thinking, his understanding is higher than our understanding, right? And so you have to get to this point in your mind where your head knowledge and your heart knowledge have to kind of almost be the same. It can never be, right? Because sometimes we hear a word like Jesus died on the cross for me. Yeah, I know Jesus died on the cross for me. But we really take a moment to internalize that. Remember how I give you the example of the priest going before God and speaking about your emotions. That's different from you going there to, the, to God and speaking to him. And it's the same thing as we think, as we read the Bible. Are we only having head knowledge or are we really, really having a heart knowledge? See, these are the core things that we as Christians know. And if you ask any Christian, they will tell you this thing, but do we really, do we really, really know who Christ is? Do we really, really know his love for us? Or are we taking his love and just equating it the same way as human love? How is the relationship between you and God? Just like Paul, I'm asking and I'm reminding you that God's love, do you really know what it means for you and for the people who are around you? Not just you. Remember, when Seahawks were playing, even the people who did not know Seahawks, they heard it and they asked people, like, what's happening? And they're like, Seahawks are playing and they're winning. Touchdown, right? Do we have the same celebration when our lives are are changed by Jesus? Or are we keeping it to us and saying, oh, it's okay, they're here on their own. Or somebody, some other team is going to play and they're going to hear it. You couldn't wait to tell people about how the Seahawks did Are we doing the same? Are we dictating the love of God the same way? Here's my first point. That was just introduction. If you really know how God loves you, if you really knew how much God loves you, your relationship with Him would be different. Your relationship with Him would be different. Think about it. How's your relationship with God? And even those of us who spend time with God and, and we are seeking God, really, is that the most you can do or can you even go farther? Because sometimes we feel we come to church here and I praise God you guys are here. Praise God we are reading your Bible. Praise God we are fasting and praying. Praise God those things are happening. But is there something that we can do more? Is there more we can do? Or do we get to the point where, Lord, we are now understand your love? He says, draw near to me and I'll draw near to you. He never says, draw near to, he never says, draw near to me. Draw near to me once. He says, draw near to me. Keep knocking. Keep asking. That means it's a constant thing that we continue to do every single day. See, I think about the story of the prodigal son and most Christians know, and if you don't know about the prodigal son, go read Luke 15. The prodigal son... He woke up one day and he said, Dad, give me my inheritance. I don't care about you checking on me or taking care of my life right now. I think I got this. I know that you've been providing everything that I need. I know you've been giving me security. You've been providing my food. You've been doing all the things that I did. But I I just want to go out there and try a life by myself. And I can relate to that because I give, at first I gave my life to Christ when I was 15 gave my life to Christ when I was 15, then I went to high school, went to a boarding high school, and as soon as I got there, I was like, Lord, put you on the side for a minute. I'm going to go out there and check it out. Then we'll see how that goes. So the prodigal son goes out there, and he gets really, really bad for him, to a point where he's almost eating the foods, food that belongs to the pigs. He's laying with the pigs, and the pigs are the most dirty thing in the culture of the days then. They're still dirty even today. Pork is good. <laughs> and it gets to a point where he says, man, I'm going to go home and I'm just going to become a servant. I'm just going to be a servant. 
And I just wonder if, if my dad is going to take me back. And you guys have heard this story. But in such a self, in that moment where, whether you, like me, I went out there and did all those things and I came back and I'm like, I, I'm not sure if we can ever have that relationship with God. I'm not sure the things that, that I've done that they can ever escape my mind. I, I don't think if we can, he's ever going to forgive me. I've, I've done A, B, C, D, Lord, I, 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 it's too much. But what I love about Luke 15:21-22, and the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight. And I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servant, Bring out the best robe and put it on him. And put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet. Father, I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Talk about the love of Christ. Talk about the love of Christ. That it doesn't matter what he had done. doesn't matter what went on. The point is just as long as he changed his life and came back to his dad. Dad was opening his arm and saying, come on over. And what I love about it is a new robe was given to him. Having dragged, I'm sure when he was leaving, he had his own robe, the old one, trying to go out there and show people that he was the son of the king. It was dirty, probably used it to cover himself when things were bad or maybe sold it or whatever. But God doesn't, But when the dad doesn't come and says, oh, I'm not going to give you a new robe. You will be like this so we can remember that you don't have a robe. You came from this. He goes and drapes him with a new robe like nothing ever happened. And that's my life. I speak from that. And I know that's your life, guys. And people who feel like they have gone so far, you've done so much. That's the God that we serve. He's the God who serves, who says, I know you've done all these things. I know you had opportunity here. I know you've done, but it's never too late. I have a new robe for you today. A new robe. Not only that, but he restored him. And now for you and I, God chooses us and he gives us life. And he doesn't stop there, but he continues to give us the Holy Spirit in us. Because it's one thing if I bring you back to my house because you've gone out there and done crazy things, but it's another thing for me to trust you with the most precious thing, the Holy Spirit, and put him in your heart. Talk about love. It's not a love that with a, with a prerequisite that I've got to watch you, I've got to check you, I've got to see where you were. It's a love that once I bring you in, it doesn't matter. You have the keys to my everything. You can have everything. That's the God that we serve, and that's the love that he has for us. You have been given power in the name of Jesus. And we sang that today. It's funny how the, the songs line up with the Bible. Kind of like God is saying something. You have been given power in the name of Jesus by the blood of Jesus. It's because of Jesus that we are able to have that privilege to come to Christ. My second point is this. If you really knew the thoughts he has towards you, he, God, you should, seek a, you should seek a closer relationship. If you really knew the thought that God has towards you, you would seek a closer relationship. And a relationship, that's, that's what God has wanted. From the moment when you see it, from when he created Adam and Eve, he, wanted, he was strolling and walking in the day so he can go and hang out with them. Just spend time with them. That did not work out. Then the Israel, he's like, I'm going to bring a generation so I can walk with them and I, I can show these people that I'm a loving God. The Israel, the stuff they went through, it wasn't for God to show that he has wrath or anything. It was a demonstration to show people that, guess what? There is a God who loves his children. 
But even after that, everything was bad. It's like, man, if it was me, I would have given up. But God says, no, I still want this relationship. So I'm going to send my only begotten son to die for us so then we can have that relationship. And he spends three years in the earth speaking and telling people and teaching and making disciples. But it doesn't stop there. Jesus goes and says, I'm sending you a helper. Do you see the theme here? I am, I, God, I'm trying over and over and over and over, no matter how much you reject me. I'm still trying and I just want that relationship. Matthew 10, 29, 31 says, Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? And not one of them will fall the ground apart from your father. But even the hairs of your heads are numbered. Fear not, therefore, for you are more valuable than the sparrow. I was thinking about that because, again, the idea is not just to read these Bible verses and say, hey, I sparrow, count here. But think about it. What kind of relationship would I have right now with you to come and look, stand in front of you, start looking at your hair and counting your hair? I know most of you won't let me do that, if I will. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> right? Pastor Matt might. Come on. <laughs> right? But think about it. What kind of relationship would you have to have to have somebody come in and count your hair? And I know you're like, yeah, it's God. He can count them. They'll count him. But it's an analogy. He's saying, I know you to the end. I am that close to you. That's the relationship that I want. That I care so much about this thing that you cut and it grows tomorrow. That's the love of Christ that he has for us. For God so loved the world as, as to give his only begotten son, that whoever believing in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Whoever, whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. That's everybody. And man, there are people you look at, even, I don't know, I'm going to be real with you. There are people you look at and you're like, man, they are messed up. They are so messed up. Like, I... I can't do anything with you, right? But God says, no, you are my son. doesn't matter how bad you are messed up. I still love you as much as I love, I love that person who has it all together, who just got it together and doing things for my kingdom. That's the love that we have for God. And that's the love that he has for us. When even still we were sinners, he says he does not want even one person to perish. Think about the worst person you think about right now. The person, the worst person you know right now, God does not want them to perish. He still looks at them the same way he looks at you, a child of God. And he'll give them opportunity over and over. Of course, they have a part to play, but he will give them opportunity over and over to to be redeemed. If you really knew how much God loves you, you'd spend time with him always. You would always spend time with him. You know, I was looking up some fun fact about um, speakers, you know, people who, motivational speakers and all these people who speak, right? They make a ton of money, especially if you're up there, right? And here is a question for you. Who knows Warren Buffett? He's the goat of finances, if you don't know him, right? Greatest of all time, right? The guy makes so much money, even when he's snoozing, he still makes money, right? So to have lunch with Warren Buffett, just lunch. Do you know how much it costs? All right, three people, throw me a number. Huh? 50,000. 
10,000, last one. Uh, huh? Who said a million? Okay, million, okay. So here is the fun fact. So here, let me, let me premise this. So Warren Buffett is a human being. Okay? He's influential, he has money, he has all that stuff, right? But he's sorted by people because for some reason, if I spend lunch with him, maybe I'll get some business connection and maybe that will be good for me, maybe my generation, maybe not. Maybe it's just a brag life, maybe it's a selfie that I had lunch with Warren Buffett, right? But to hang out with Warren Buffett for lunch, in 2019, so first of all, he does these auctions every year. And the beginning bid for the auctions is $25,000. Beginning auction. A human being. He doesn't give you life. He just gives you knowledge. And God is the one who gave him the knowledge. Don't get me wrong, okay? So let's talk about that, right? So he's actually mining God's stuff, right? Because it's God who's given him that. All right? Everything belongs to the Lord, right? Okay. In 2019, Warren Buffett, the, his lunch buffet with uh, his lunch, which he somebody booked, he booked it for four million five hundred and sixty-seven thousand eight hundred and eighty-eight dollars. That's how much to spend an hour with him for lunch. And on average, every year, his lunches. He just, he just does one, it's $3.3 million on average every year since 2014 or 2004 or 9 when they started doing that. If you really, really knew how much God loves you, if you really, really knew how much God loves you, you would spend more time with him because he's the one that created Warren Buffett. And guess what? It's free 99 to spend time with God. Right? What's our excuse, really? What are you seeking? I'm, I'm going to a human being again. Don't get me wrong, man. The man adds value. They, they perceive value, whatever that is. But we have a God who knows what tomorrow looks like. Doesn't matter what Warren Buffett knows, he might predict the stocks and it might be really good. But we have a God who knows what your end of life looks like. Yeah. Yet we want to navigate and we want to continue, we want to go towards the human nature instead of going towards God. What if you really, really spend that time with God? What would that look like? Ephesians 3 7, 19 it says, May Christ through your faith dwell in your heart. May you be rooted deep in, deep in love and found secure in love, that you may have the power and be strong to apprehend and grasp with the saints what the breadth and the length and the height and the depth of it. Sorry, I'm reading um, AMP and it's jumpy. Um, that, you may really, that you may really come to know the love of Christ, which is which far surpasses that you may be surpasses mere knowledge, that you may be filled through all you be uh, through through all you being unto the fullness of God. You may have the richest measure and divine presence, become a body wholly filled and flooded with God Himself. So write that down. Uh, Ephesians 3, 17, 19. It was choppy. But what he's saying is, I hope that we get an understanding of how much Christ loves us, how much He loves us. Right? John 15, 4 says, Abide in me and I, I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruits by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine and you are the branch. Whoever abides in me, I am in him. That he, that it, it is that bears much fruit. From apart from me, you can do nothing. I know we use that Bible verse to talk about if I am with God, I'm going to produce, right? 
And it does say that, right? If you are, if you are anchored to God, you will, be, you will produce. But think about it. God is choosing for us to anchor to him. That's love. God does not need us for anything. But he's choosing, he's saying, yes, I understand you're going to be a fruit, but I love your company. I love you to be with me. That's the love I have for you. That I love you so much that just being around me, just being around you, I'm going to bless you because draw near to me and I'll draw near to you. My third point is this. If you really knew the depth of his love, you would worship him differently. And Faith and Victory, you guys do an amazing job in worship. We do. But my challenge today for you is, I'm going to say good job, but you can do better. Right? We would worship him different. We would worship him at all places. We would worship him through anything. It would never be a question because of what we really, really know, the love that he has for us. If we really knew his love, we would pray different. We would pray with a referential fear, with power and an immovable faith. Think about your prayers tonight. How are your prayers? The silence is, we need to work on them. Yes, myself included. (laughs) Right? And I know that I stand here and I tell you guys about prayer night. And I'm always going to stand here and tell you about that. Because what happened at prayer night is we spend 15 minutes of a word that God has given us. And for the next 45 minutes, we just soak in in the presence of God. There is worship. You just soak in the presence of God and lives are being changed. Hearts are, chains are being broken. We've seen that. People are being healed. That's who God is. Because once you devote yourself to God and say, God, I am here in your presence Take me as you are. you got to spend an interrupted time with God. And that doesn't substitute what you're doing at home, right? Continue doing it. Spend time with God. Prayer is how we talk to God. Think about your friends. How many times do you text and talk to your friends in a day? Okay, text. Okay. How many times do you talk to your friends, right? A lot, right? What if we compare that with how much time you're talking to God? Right? What would that look like? If you really knew the depth of his love, you'd show up to you'd show up fully to the things of God. You'd really you'd put God first in all the things that he does. When it comes to the things of, 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 of God, when it comes to church, when it comes to the thing of God, you wouldn't have an excuse for it. You'd really show up and you'd fully show up because you're not there to just show up but to serve and to see God. Are you guys with me? We have 10 more points. <laughs> if, you <really> knew, <laughs> if you really knew who is in charge of your life, you'd go through trials differently. With joy and expectancy, suffering produces endurance, endurance produces character, and character produces hope. Think about this. When we really, really know Jesus and we know his love, the way we talk, the way we, we go through difficult becomes a non-issue. You know why? Because he already know. And guess what? If I'm seeing you and we're in this place where things are burning around me and I see that you are calm and nothing is good, you are fine, it's going to calm me down too. I'm going to be like, he knows something or she knows something. And so the same thing with our, we, we as Christian is when things are going crazy, God is saying you should have that calmness of Christ so others can look and see, I don't understand why you are so calm. Can you tell me what's going on with this? 
How many times have you been going through, and I think Pastor Matt talked about, how many times have you been going through time at, at work or anything like that, and they're like, man, how come you ain't freaking about that? It's because I left it to God. That's a testimony. Tell me more about this God. What does he do? How can I have the same hope? Right? Romans 3, Romans 8.38 For I am persuaded that neither death, nor, nor life, angels of prosperity, nor power, nor things present, nor things to come, nor things, nor, nor, nor height, nor depth, nor any created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is Christ Jesus our Lord. That it doesn't matter what happens. COVID comes in. Marriages issue comes in. All the things come in. It doesn't matter what happened. That if you declare and say, nothing will ever separate me from God, that becomes your anchor and you can never move away from that. Because the issue is we, we don't anchor ourselves to Christ and when something comes up, it becomes a wind and blows at us and we just, life goes on and we forget where we're supposed to be standing. Deuteronomy 3, 1, 31, 8, and the Lord, he's the one who goes before you. He's the one who with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not fear or be dismay. That's a promise. When you're going through difficulties, when you're going through things in life right now, say that, read that, pray the Bible. Pray those verses. Lord, you say that you never leave me. You never forsake me. You say I should not be dismayed. Lord, I am feeling that right now. Please come and help me right now. Joshua 1.9 says, Have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage, and do not be afraid, nor be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Wherever you go, as long as you're a child of God. See, this is going through stuff, knowing that through, through the journey, knowing that it might be challenging, but we know the end of the story. And here's my last point. You guys doing okay? If you really knew all the things, if you really knew all these things, you'd share the gospel with joy and determination. You know, we just, um, my family and I just came from San Diego, and uh, we were there for a week. And the most amazing thing, I'm going to just try to do this very carefully, there were no mask requirement at all. We'll go to restaurants, we'll go to the whatever where wherever we go, nobody asked for the mask. And guess what? As soon as I came back, well some people texted me, I'm like, dude, you can't believe it. There are no masks. I feel no more. Right? And then I came back and I, I was telling people about that and they're asking, Oh, San Diego, no, 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 man, let me tell you about it. There were no masks in San Diego, right? No, no, I'm not asking you about that. What do you guys do? Forget the sun, forget all those things. There is no mask in San Diego. You do not need mask. Why? Because I had joy and determined for people to know what was going on. So if you really, really knew the love of Christ, you'd be like me. You'd be like, let me tell you about Christ. I don't care what you're going through. I don't care what's happening. Let me tell you about what God has done for me. But we don't have that because we don't understand the love of Christ. You don't understand. Somebody will start talking about how their life is messed up. Or they tell about the problems they are going through. Or the fears they have. They're like, let me tell you, man. I used to be there. I was in San Diego and they did not have any masks. (laughs) If we really, really knew the love of God, we would. You would really stand up for God and people would see God in you. You'd not let God to be painted otherwise by anybody because you'd be like, no, man, let me tell you something. I hear what you're saying, but the whole country is not crazy about masks. There is a city. (laughs) And then if you really understood the love of Christ, every person would be a potential miracle, a miracle of salvation. 
You'll be looking at them and saying, oh, this person cannot, cannot, cannot be saved. Oh, this person is far too gone. Because God has done that in you. You and I were the prodigal children, and now look at what God has done in our lives. Tonight, let's all stand up, Russ. Tonight, I want, you to, I want to remind you that you've been justified by the blood of Jesus. And that name is available to you as a child of God. On, um, on Monday, Eva was speaking and she, she talked about something and I, it, it moved my heart because she was describing the power of the name of Jesus. And this is what God spoke to us and said. His name is greater than anything we've gone through or will go through. It is greater than the sickness, disability, depression, oppression, addiction, poverty, trial, suffering. It is greater than our past mistakes. It's greater than even death itself. At the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. At his name, demons free, devil trembles and darkness dispenses. At his name, even mighty men weep and are brought to their knees. At his name, chains are broken, wall come down crumbling, and mountains are moved. At his name, the impossible is made possible. At his name, our lives are completely changed. Our messages are turned into messages. We are all given clean, new slate for all his glory. Nothing is too big or difficult for our God. If we call upon him by faith in the name of Jesus, great things will happen. I don't know what you're going on, what's going on in your life today. But I know that we serve a mighty God. It doesn't matter how bad things are, or how bad, bad the addiction, or how strong the bondage, or how broken the relationship, fill in the blank. All it matters is God, is, everything is possible with Jesus. Believe him today and we say, Jesus, Jesus, his name is powerful. And that's what I want to remind you today. That you have a, law, a God who really, really loves you. Love you so much that you go to any length to bring you home. And I don't know where you are, what you're struggling with, what's going on. But even that he knows. And all he wants is a relationship with you. He's saying you don't have to have it all together. You don't have to bring it all completely together. All I need you to take one step closer to me. Draw near to me and I'll draw near to you. And I'll give you that opportunity. If today you haven't given your life to Christ, Today is the best day to do that, to start that relationship with Christ. So if you really haven't given your, 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 your life to Christ, raise your head, we'll pray for you. Same thing, if you're online and you haven't given your life to Christ, invite him in your heart and ask him to come in your heart and change your life and he will. And for the rest of us, if this message spoke to you in any way about how we don't really know the love of Christ, he wants a relationship. He loves you. He wants you to come and, and he, wa- he, wants to ca- he wants you to come and say, Lord, help me to understand those areas. So call upon him. Talk to him. Be intentional. He's waiting for you. Lord Jesus, we praise you for your word tonight. We thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross for us, Lord. But Because God, we've seen countless of times when You've just gone out there and just looked for us and and pursued us, oh God. And all you're saying is, if we could only give our life to you completely, Lord, then you can take it from here, Lord. So God, I pray for your people, myself included, O King of glory, God. 
that you have a God there is a softening of our heart Lord to know you and to really know you God to stop just being people who just read the Bible and, and just move on Father but we internalize your word oh God and we are intentional about it oh God that you have a God we can share your gospel because of the love that we know and we behold in our hearts oh God I thank you for your word today God I pray, God, that we honored you with our praise and worship, Lord. I pray for today, God, as we live, be with us and guide us. We worship you and we praise you. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Have a good day. Hey, we want to thank you so much for being online with us today. I want to remind you, if you're not a follower on Facebook, please like our page on YouTube. Please subscribe. Follow us on Twitter. Tell all your friends. Continue to watch online. We thank you for watching. We love you so much. Have a great day.